You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. What's up, Downers? Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm going to talk to a guy named Chris Spangle, who hosts a podcast called We Are Libertarians. Now, my views often line up with, people tell me I'm a libertarian, essentially, and then my views line up there, but I don't identify as a libertarian because I don't identify as anything political. I call myself a political agnostic or apolitical, I suppose you would call it, and typically don't participate uh, in politics. But I find libertarian thought, the alternative ideas, and the way that they think kind of compelling. And this guy that I'm going to talk to today, Chris, is no exception. He's smart and uh, got a lot of good thoughts, and we... Agree a lot about some stuff and debate, you know, the, the necessity of political activity in itself. And I found it kind of fascinating, and I think that, that you will too. Now, let me tell you about a healthy snack, too, before we get to the episode. I'm going to tell you about That's It. Now, That's It are fruit bars. And there, I have a stack of them sitting here in my office. And let me tell you, I eat them all the time when I'm just sitting around, and all of a sudden I look over, I say, I think I'm hungry. I think I need a snack. What am I going to do? Go, go out and eat? go eat lunch, do something like that. No, I skip a lot of meals. Sometimes I'm not paying attention and I realize I need some food and I want to eat something healthy. And you know something that is healthy is fruit. And that's it. Fruit bars are made out of only fruit. Their ingredients are fruit and fruit. That's it. Hence the name. Uh, I think they're great. My daughter loves them. When she comes to my office, she says, Daddy, can I have one of those blueberry fruit bars? And of course, the answer is yes. And yes, the blueberry ones are my favorite ones. And th- these things are great. They're, they're really taking off. And I think there's something really important about just having simple ingredients because you know what it is. So most people believe and feel that fruit is healthy and it's something they want in their diet and they don't get enough of. I think some of the barrier to that is often that you have to get it, you have to buy it, you have to peel it, you have to prepare it. It goes bad if you don't eat it in a couple of days. And so those can be the barriers to eating fruit. And then other fruit products have added sugars and they're processed and have all these other ingredients, but that's it. Fruit bars do not. They're a good source of fiber. There's no sugar added. They have big flavor. They're non-GMO. They're vegan. Uh, they're great. They're kosher. I mean, they're they're as simple as it sounds. Fruit plus fruit fruit. That is it. That's it. So you can go to thatsitfruit.com and you can use my promo code down and you'll get 10% off of what you order there. Uh, You know what? They sell these things in Whole Foods, Starbucks, CVS. I've seen them all over the place. So go out and pick one. Next time you see it, you've probably already seen it. Next time you see it, pick one up, eat it. You'll know that I'm telling the truth. Then come back, go to their website, that's it, fruit.com, and use my promo code down and order you some, order you a box of them. If you can eat fruit, then you can eat this. There's really nothing else to it. Go to that's it, fruit.com, enter the promo code down, and get 10% off today. And you guys know this show is also sponsored by Broadcast Supply Worldwide. That's BSWUSA.com. Get your microphones there. Get your cables there. Get your interfaces there. Anything you use for podcasting and most stuff for audio recording, that's where I get it. That's where you should get it. BSWUSA.com. Also, promo code DOWN gets you 10% off there. Now, the prices are already as good as anybody's out there. Their shipping is great. Their customer service is unbelievable. You can call them and ask them any question you want about the gear or how to set it up up or how it works. They will help you. You get your stuff shipped. They even have free shipping on most orders over $99 and you're going to get 10% off from using my promo code there. So I'm just telling you about products and services here that are good that you should use. Of course, you eat healthy snacks. Of course, you need audio gear, microphones, 
that kind of thing. And you need to get those from Broadcast Supply Worldwide, bswusa.com, and use the promo code DOWN. You'll both be helping yourself, getting a deal, and supporting this show. All right, let's talk to Chris. Break it down, Dada. Break it down, oh, break it down. 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 Yeah, oh, Chris Spangle, thank you for coming on the podcast today. I'm always glad to get to talk to somebody who has, you know, libertarian thoughts or alternative thoughts, really, is what it is. Libertarian's a weird group and we can get into that but uh it's almost become meaningless in the way other terms have you know republican democrat evangelical libertarian you know these these things run amok and can be crazy but your show is called we are libertarian so you do kind of self-identify with that and i want to thank mark lafay for introducing us mark lafay is a manager he's he used to be in music business a lot he doesn't as much anymore but he lives down the street from our drummer and emory dave like Three houses down, I saw him the other day. He told me about you and your show, which I've checked out and I think is really good. So thanks Thank to Mark you. for the intro. And he said that you're a fan of the Bad Christian Podcast, which I appreciate too. So Thank you. Stuff. Yeah, I, lo- I love the show. I mean, it, it is, it is. we do something very similar for politics. It's sort of an irreverent look at our political movement as well as society as a whole. Mm-hmm. And so when I found Bad Christian about a year ago, I was like, oh, wow, this is great. I, and so I, I love the show. I think you guys are awesome. And hopefully one day we are libertarians. We'll have the uh, the ability to hire people and have the production value that you guys have. So oh, yeah, well, you know. It's well. It's great to see podcasters do it for a living and make something out of it because it's it's encouraging to the whole industry. It it really is. It really is special. I mean, I do feel very lucky. Uh, I don't quite do podcasting as a full time thing, but it is it it is my primary thing now. I, I can say that pretty clearly. That is main. My main job is uh, podcasting, and to be specific, I think. I've kind of got it organized in my brain now, and it's different ways of measuring it to say that the Bad Christian Podcast is probably more is probably at a level higher than than Emory is, or maybe even was to some degree. Like it, it works, it's it's catching on, and I don't know what to attribute that to. Being like you said, that it's really us just kind of processing thought out loud. It's not nearly as difficult as writing an album or anything like that, but it seems to be speaking to people in a niche. I don't know if it's a niche or a broad thing, but there's something going on where all the information you get from. Uh, CNN, ESPN, everything. Every single day, there's more and more people that seem to kind of wake up and go, "Wait a second, I don't." Well, this, this well, is what is all this? And they go find individual people that are processing authentically and honestly, which is what I think you do and what we do. So, yeah, I think that's a huge part of it. I think that uh, it is just it is it is uh, a thirst and a hunger for authenticity, and mm-hmm. the millennial generation especially, that is so key for us. We want that authenticity. And uh, I think that in the Christian world, there is such a lack of authenticity. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was at a moment in my own spiritual walk and I became a Christian at 18 after being an atheist and a Buddhist and all that stuff. 
and uh, I've <laughs> I'm I'm a bad I'm a terrible Christian, uh, and it just it kind of grieved me, and I felt a lot of guilt, and then I kind of found the show, and I just heard guys, and I've especially identified a lot with Joey mm-hmm. and, and some of what he's gone through, and so it's great to kind of hear yourself mirrored and go, hey, ever, somebody else is going through the same bad stuff or the tough stuff or these questions that I'm going through. And it doesn't mean that you are less of uh, – just because you're not perfect or you're not doing these things, you can still be an authentic Christian and you can mm-hmm. still find your people. And I think what what both of our podcasts have done ha- have authentically found followers that didn't feel like they fit in their particular mm-hmm. movements – and giving them a home, and uh, that that's a very powerful thing. I mean, the, the, the key to humanity is storytelling and identifying with others and, and connecting. And podcasting is such an... I work for a nationally syndicated radio show, and I just see the power of radio every single day. And then my hobby is the podcast. And audio is just this great format that gets into your ears in an intimate way mm-hmm. that video and other things can't do. And it, it bonds our listeners with each other in, in a great way. And it's been a pleasure to not only do what I've done, it's created a great social circle for me, but also given other people the ability to identify with people who think th- the same way they do, but are working things out. We're not experts. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we know a lot and we, we work hard on the show, but we don't pretend that we know everything or have all the answers. And that's what you guys do too. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that people are turned off by is like the people that are predictable or have a side and hold it and come with well-supported info. We're, we're in a place of where information is just under so much scrutiny. It's like you almost automatically assume that whenever you hear something, the fir- before you even read the article, you see who wrote the article and then you already are deciding are you going to you're going to disagree with it and not only are you disagree with it, just the fact that they wrote it you've already fo- start to form in your head counter information or at least assume that there's counter information that would invalidate this information and that's a little bit freaky to me that that's the state we're in they say yeah, we, we don't even um they say the, uh, they put all these test news articles out there where the headline said this this and this and then the body after the first paragraph the first paragraph looked normal and then after that they started putting in gibberish and those articles were still getting shared tons and tons of times so people would share it just based on the headline Hillary Clinton blah 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 share the thing and they're sharing it out and it was just a planted article to prove the point that people aren't reading the articles anyway they're just sharing and echoing and doing the stuff not even considering the information presented. It's crazy. P.J. O- PJ O'Rourke is a libertarian thinker, used to run National Lampoon, a great author. And he recently said that we've built a world where everybody is broadcasting, but nobody is conversing. Mm-hmm. And that that's a lot of what's what's going on. I mean, even though you know we are conversing on the podcast now, we're still kind of broadcasting. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I noticed in my own life, especially since I got a smartphone in 2010, uh, my my world has kind of gone from having conversations with people and asking them about their life to discover more about them to connect with them on a on an intimate level to now I'm waiting for you to stop talking so I can tell you what mm-hmm. I think about the subject you're talking about. That's right. You know, and that's a very different thing, and that's a very troubling sign, and that is something that 
has been fostered by social media because of algorithms and artificial intelligence. You know, you don't you don't have to be political. You don't ever have to seek out any po- political information if you want to be apolitical. If you're a libertarian, you never have to go and read a progressive or a Republican site if you don't want to. And so, therefore, you're just trying to validate what you believe as opposed to trying to understand the world and come to terms with what it is to be human and what it is to live in this world in a harmonious way. Mm-hmm. And that's, that has, that is killing intellectualism. And that is yeah. the foundation of Western society and what has made Western society and the world a greater place to live over the last several hundred years since the reformation mm-hmm. is that, uh, that idea that you want to understand the world and you have to do that by talking to people. And, and we're in kind of a scary situation where people just aren't listening to each other. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little bit scared of some things. Now, you caught me the other day. You mentioned to me before we started that you heard me on Bad Christians, you know, with some concern and doom and gloom. And I had to tell you, that's a little out of character for me on the broad spectrum. I'm usually pretty, I'm relatively skeptical and that's my normal normal operating procedure. But in general, I believe the world is awesome. I believe that humans are awesome. I believe in Project Human. I think society is getting better. To me, it's very clear how it works and that we we have this uh, operate, we have this hardware that's our bodies and then we have the operating system, which is like society. And we've been improving it for a really, really long time. And that seems to be the trend. But there are times when it gets wild and out of hand and there's major crashes. And I, I do feel like the tone of the, what the country or world is like right now is very volatile. So I, I don't know if everything is guided. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, historically, there's no proof that there's any protection from bad stuff happening in, in waves. I, I think World World War One or two could have happened or not happened. I, you know, I don't think they were inev- inevitable or, or guided. You know, it's just, it feels to me right now like we could be in a volatile state starting with just people not listening and, and turning the, the thing where people think people that have bad ideas are bad people. That freaks me out. It really does. Like you can have bad ideas. You can a good person can have a bad idea, but we seem to want to take that a whole nother level and it's fuck them, you know. No matter yeah. what. That scares me. Absolutely. And it, and it is. It, it when everybody kind of retreats into their tribe and then that that creates warring tribes and part of what we've tried to do since the reformation is kind of get out of that. Yeah. And, and and stop trying to go to war with each other. And in a lot of ways we've been very successful across the world. We have far less deadly wars now than we did. We have you know, we, I live better as a lower middle class single guy living in an apartment. <laughs> the definition of libertarian, right? <laughs> yeah. It's not my mom's basement. No, no, but no it's, it's a not a basement, up. but yeah, step up from that. I live, I live a better life than King Henry VIII, who was the pow- most powerful man on earth mm-hmm. at one point, because I have access to healthcare and variety of food and I have pepper. You yeah. know, I mean, it's the, the, we take for granted a lot of the, the great things that society has achieved, the human race has achieved, and that has all come about because of cooperation. That has come about because we as human beings are always trying to improve the species and give the next generation a better world to live in. Mm-hmm. And we do it both consciously and unconsciously. And I, and I think that there are a lot of dangers right now. You do have, you look at nuclear waste, you look at nuclear weapons, that is a pestilence that could immediately eradicate the entire human race Mm -hmm. or the majority of us in a very significant way. You have climate change, which whether or not you think that is real, I, I 
don't know how much man contributed to it, but it's undeniable to see glaciers melting. Uh, and we have uh, the, the American dollar could crash at any moment. Well, look, an asteroid could hit us. I mean, that, that had to be, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be that ideological or... It doesn't mean anything. I mean, you know, again, I'm I'm in this tension of thinking, oh, clearly it seems like we're on this ever-evolving, improving project. But at the same time, I, I don't know. It could be meaningless an asteroid hit us next. But sure. <laughs> either way, it seems like in the current moment, we may be taking some steps backwards is my sense. It, it's We can never be fatalistic about it. That's the mm-hmm. difference. You don't want to be fatalistic about it because you don't know. And, and I am... Uh, I'm a person who's, uh, in my emotional life, a very codependent person who's, who's worked through a lot of that. And so my thinking is naturally geared towards catastrophizing. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm in such a good mood today, like, I'm going to get in a car wreck on the way home. It's mm-hmm. all going to be over. You know, and sometimes I think that we, in, a, in our global thinking, think that way as well, that, of course, we're just going to have another world war instead of thinking... What can I personally do to get involved and be a good member of my community, my mm-hmm. country, the world, and advocate things that increase cooperation, that increase the 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 next generation's success? You know, and I, and I, that's why I'm a libertarian. I'm I'm not a libertarian because I'm greedy. I'm a libertarian because I feel that the foundational principles of libertarianism are are people cooperating, and and capitalism has been a five thousand year leap. In, in human society over the last couple hundred years, it's undeniable that when people have financial interest in success, in their, their own personal interest in success, then everybody cooperates at a much faster rate. And that's why we have moved so quickly as a species over these last couple hundred years, because mm-hmm. freedom of not only information, but also monetary freedom, freedom of movement, um, freedom from the scourge of war. These things have allowed human beings to live a better life, and we have to stop and take a step back and examine our history and examine our future and examine what we're doing now, s- examine why we, why we are successful and what is working, and then start ending the things that don't work. Mm-hmm. And libertarians take a step back and go... Is it working for Americans that we are the policemen of the world? In my opinion, no, it isn't. Why are we still in Afghanistan and Iraq? Why are we sending billions of dollars every single day over to other countries to support their military so they can then, you know, start a cold war with uh, North and South Korea? I mean, it, it, there are a lot of things that we're doing that we never stop and ask, the, is the basic premise of this a good idea? Mm-hmm. A- and that's what libertarians try to do, is we try to say human beings flourish best when there's cooperation between people, and what government does is it tries to, tries to force everybody into tribal tribal groups and war over those issues. Mm-hmm. Yes. Gay, gay, yeah. gay marriage is a great example. I, in my opinion, gay marriage did more to uh, destroy the evangelical church than anything else because so? it... Because the the fight for gay marriage by making it something where we feel we have to defend our values and, and we were in an uphill battle against a postmodern culture, it the, the other side was able to then come in and say, these are hateful people. Mm-hmm. When as Christians, we know that that is not even remotely the truth. Uh, it, there, of course, there are some. I've been to some churches where I'm just like, Okay, well, I'm not down for killing gays. All right, I'm I'm out of here. But there, 
it, it forced us into certain boxes because we felt like, well, if, uh, if my church friends are going to this rally, I better go too. And, 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 and mm-hmm. we've used you a think, lot of... Do you think politics and the... Well, see, that, I don't know. There's a few things there. First of all, I'm super good with gay marriage. You know, I don't know if, you, sure. if, if you're not, that's fine if you're not. But to me, the, I don't see any reason to get involved in stuff like that. Uh, wouldn't that be a libertarian thing? Like, just let I, them do I, it. I, just do whatever. I'm, Oh uh, yeah, I'm 100% for gay marriage. Yeah, I, okay. I I I believe that the government shouldn't be involved in marriage. It got it involved right. 100 years ago to force blacks and whites yeah. from not marrying. Yeah, okay. And that that's that's the point is that government is force and it's forcing people yes, into it boxes. Is. It's a monopoly and, on force, wouldn't isn't it, that the way to say it? Um, exactly it's a monopoly right. on violence. They're the only ones that can you know really use force for violence and the the thing that you hit on there that uh, is that I don't know if it's a trick, and I don't know who's behind the trick exactly. And I don't even th- I even think most people in government, government like anywhere, relatively well-meaning. It's just the system is corruptive by nature. And so the trick there is setting up some false dichotomy in the first place where you get people to fight with each other and then look to these outside people as the savior. That's what's wrong with government. That's what government Absolutely. seeks to do. And at a small enough level, it's useful and necessary. And of course, I'm no anarchist or nothing like that, but we've passed way past the critical mass, a point where the government's you know, involuntary idea of politics and government and the parties is to cr- create some create the fact to try to convey to people that they disagree and they need protection and they need me to protect them. They, the government wants to think of itself like the mob. I mean, like you need protection from us. You need us to solve your problems. You need us to make sure of everything. And therefore, of course, we're going to take your money. We need your money. Now we need your money for these people. We need your money to do this. We need this money for ourselves, of course, but really it's just trying to get you dependent on them and for things that they, you don't need to be dependent on them. And it, it's so destructive. I don't care about it on a political level, but it's so destructive. I think on the individual level to take the focus off you working on you, your time. That's why Sorry, I'm 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 out there ranting now, but that's why I don't identify as political or libertarian or anything else because I think the whole exercise is futile. I think everybody should turn it off and stop paying attention to politics. Focus on yourself and you'll be fine. You're you're 100% a libertarian. I don't know what you're talking. I mean, you may not be a libertarian party member. You may not believe that politics is the answer to the solution, but what you just said is libertarian mm-hmm. inherently. Because libertarians, again, I we have a podcast out there called The Cost, and it basically talks about the human toll of government policy because libertarians and conservatives love to talk figures and tax cuts and all that stuff, but they never go into what government actually does to people on an individual soul-crushing basis. And if you go back and you listen to 144 of We Are Libertarians, part of this, this series where it's a woman who was a victim of domestic violence, there's no way not to be anti-government at the end of that because the in, or or episode 91 where people have uh, where you have a woman who goes to jail for selling her boyfriend's oxycontin because he forced her at the point of a gun to do so she got 16 years and died in prison and because the government didn't have the ability to take care of her in a proper way is this the kind of system that you want to send your tax dollars to? Because if you don't, you can stand up and say no. A great illustration of standing up and saying no and questioning the entire premise of government is the movie on Showtime called The Free State of Jones with Matthew McConaughey. And it, 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 you're exactly right. Government destroys individuals through perverse incentives. It, it isn't that politicians are bad people. They're well-meaning people. It's that they create systems of 
unintentionally of perverse incentives. Mm-hmm. If you've if you've ever read Freakonomics or watched that documentary, it kind of goes into the theory of incentive economics, where you have a hundred people watching this girl that we covered dying in prison. But none of these 100 people stood up and said, this is wrong, somebody should help her because they didn't want to lose their jobs. And so bureaucracy becomes the thing that is protected as right. opposed to right. the individual's life. The point of and, the bureaucracy is, is and, yeah. And then somebody like Woody, who's going out and telling his daughter's story, can't get covered on the news because nobody wants to hear about a dead criminal. Criminals don't play on the news. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants to go lobby for changing the entire system with this company that provides poor health care because I don't know politicians will figure out maybe I'll send an email to my legislature people don't get engaged because they don't feel they have to and they have no incentive to mm-hmm. and I think that the Christian uh, Christians Muslims and Jews part of what we believe is that we are to help the poor that we are to help those in need that those are those that are less fortunate and by ad by just pushing everything off to the government and saying I cut a check every April 15th they can take care of it I vote for the right people right is not taking individual responsibility for your fellow human and it, it disconnects you and so when you support a charity you watch where your dollar goes and if that charity fails, then it can quickly dry up because people stop donating and a new one can start because people are so pissed off about that last one that they mm-hmm. start a new effective charity. And that is how the market works. The market is supposed to crash things and rebuild it very quickly, whereas government, it doesn't matter how ineffective DCS and how many children are being raped and murdered at the hands of bad parents DCS in most people's eyes is a need as opposed to a detriment to the lives and safety of children because people don't get involved and get information about it and the news won't cover it because it won't sell. Mm -hmm. So that's the power of independent media like We Are Libertarians and podcasting, you know, or, or in Bad Christian's case, talking about, you know, what's going on in some of these mega churches. Is this a healthy movement for us to have? Uh, you you need independent media and the freedom of information to start questioning these big institutions and going, is this good for individuals, for communities, and us as a whole? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's easy to see now. It's starting to become clear that institutions are not our heroes as we thought that they were. But that's, you know, it might be a little cliche and easy to say I'm anti every institution. It's not that. It's just that I'm in the zone of of my eyes have kind of been open to it. And if you pay attention, it's not conspiratorial. You just notice that when things get big enough, at some point they cross a limit and they they need you know the the big question is can they be fixed though and so in my it, to me it seems like most of them cannot be fixed and thus should you should as much as possible dis not depend on them and just count on them to do what they do so i'm i'm maybe a little more fatalistic than you and you can correct me on that that's why i don't say i'm a libertarian because i don't vote for anybody i don't vote i ain't never voted i mean and i might vote in the future but i count my non-voting as political voice that's my voice is y'all do whatever y'all got to do i'm assuming you're going to screw me i know you're not doing a great job anyway i'll let me know what i owe you i'll pay it i'm going to put my head down and figure out what i got to do to improve myself to improve those around me to share information i'll be doing my thing y'all in the meanwhile be arguing about stuff that doesn't matter at all yeah you you um 
You sound exactly like a friend of mine who hosts an anarchist podcast called The Lava I'm not an Flow. anarchist, though. <laughs> but what you just said exactly what Roger said to me on a recent podcast we were on together in, in that we're, we're, not, we're just not buying into any of that. We're not getting involved in any of that. I'm going right. to focus on taking care of my community. Yeah. And, I think uh, you can do more. Of, if, you, if everybody would avoid politics, I think we'd make the world way better, way, way faster. That's what yeah, I'm saying. And I think that if you espoused the type of government system that is outlined in the Constitution, you would be considered right. an anarchist anarchist in this day and age because we've gone so far towards 1984 and and I think that you are you are 100% that is a very libertarian thought in that I want to I don't want the government intervening overseas I don't want the government intervening in my financial life I don't want the government intervening in my love life I don't want the government intervening because it's not good at it it's not effective right and anybody anybody who makes the argument that it is is just wrong like it, it, it's people who are stepping outside of this this false paradigm of the two-party system I advocate that people go vote. I advocate. I vote mostly Libertarian Party. I vote. I voted since I've become a Libertarian ten years ago. I've voted in every election for all three parties. Uh, I've never voted straight ticket Libertarian. I voted for everybody because I'm looking at it on an individual level. Um, I vote because I want my protest to be heard. I think that it is an important piece of free speech to go in and participate mm-hmm. in democracy and to register your no vote against the entire system. Uh, but I'm under no illusions that, you know, Gary Johnson was going to win the presidential sure. election and that he was going to get elected president. Because I think that if you look at Donald Trump, let's say a third party did get elected in 2020. Look at how effective Donald Trump has been against the deep state. The deep state is identified as the establishment, the permanent Washington, the media class, the uh, the agencies like the FBI, the EPA, the lobbyists, the culture that is created around Washington, D.C., what Trump has labeled the swamp. They have never given Trump a chance, and I'm not pro-Trump in any way, shape, or form as a moral agent or as a politician in in his policies. I I think he's done some good things and some mostly incompetent things, but he's been largely ineffective and immediately attacked because he is not part of that system. Right. So they'll, they'll do anything they can to impeach this guy and get him out of the office because Mike Pence is kind of a squish that they can push around and he's really one of them. And so, yeah, we are in a lot of ways past the point of reform in mm-hmm. government institutions. Uh, yeah, right. That's what I feel like is past the because, point of reform. Yeah, because government has, the, they have more guns than us. That's why the Second Amendment is is so important. Is that that they we have the right? I mean, again, Free State of Jones was just such a, an illustration. I saw it last week and watched it three days in a row because it was just like, oh man, the the they these Confederate soldiers and runaway slaves took over half of Mississippi or a quarter of Mississippi because they had guns and they just said, no, we're not going to participate in the the Civil War anymore, and you can't just go around and lynch us anymore. And they fought for their freedom and they were able to do that because of their Second Amendment right. And, uh, you know, I don't think that we're at a point where we're at a Civil War moment, but we are certainly in 1830 territory where we have um, serious discussions in this country that are going on and the two sides that we have allowed ourselves to get into uh, won't reconcile with each other in any way, shape, or form. They aren't looking to. They aren't looking to. It's a virtue to not work with the other side. And so I think as Americans, when 20% of America votes and participates in the political process, the other 80% of us need to stand up and say, well, we surround, like, we're 80% of the country. We don't have to tolerate this behavior. 
But mm-hmm. most people have bought into the fear of if I don't vote for Trump, then Clinton will get in, and that's much worse. As opposed, but that's to, just fear mongering on both sides. Exactly like, right. I mean, we're, that's it's all it is. It's not there's not anything meaningful about that. Do you think my choice to not vote? Publicly, I'm saying this. I don't vote. I don't part. It's it's non-participant. It's what do they call it when you were, didn't want to go to Vietnam? Uh, a conscientious objector. Yes, I mean, right. is that is that? Do you find that a valid viewpoint of mine? Uh, it is not a choice that I would make. It's not a choice that I do make. I have a lot of friends who do make that same choice. Mm-hmm. I do think that there is a statement in that 80 percent of people that do not vote. But I also think that uh, you are allowing your voice not to be heard as effectively as if you did vote for a third party or if you started your own party or if Mm -hmm. you donated to a candidate that was closer to your ideology. I would guess that, you know, if you are anywhere in America, that if you get involved at politics at the local level with any one of the four uh, four political parties and independents, you know, I, I would say that now we have... Two major, which we know, Republicans, Democrats, two minor, Green and Libertarians, and then we have independent candidates and smaller independent parties. There's going to be a candidate that does resonate with you at some le- level, and they don't have money or help or, or donors. Uh, but it, I see it is, that all as secondary, though. I see the whole government process and politics of being all they're doing. I'm a culturalist. I mean, I don't know sure. if that's a term, but I, I believe in culture. I believe you create culture. I believe that entertainment. And politics will reflect that. Now, politicians are more like leeches. They just wait and see what the culture's doing, and then they opportunistically play to that. So yeah. if you want to affect your culture and make it be what you want it to be, you operate in that sphere, and then the politicians will, they'll, you know, don't vote the guy in that's going to, he's not going to change anything. He's, he's only yeah. responding to what we're already liking, wanting, populism, socialism, whatever it is that we're into. They're just responding to that in an opportunistic way anyway. So yeah. you can have more impact in culture than you can have in politics, certainly with some vote. And I'll give you an example all the way down to a detail. And this will sound selfish. Now, in the broad sense, I believe that about all of culture in the everything. I believe that about uh, philanthropy, uh, everything. But this is a, just a personal one. I've heard last night, uh, they sent a story out said the Seattle City Council voted to start instituting a state income tax or city income tax, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, city uh, income tax, like 3% on the wealthy. Now, we have a super high sales tax and uh, super high property tax. So we've all, in Washington, it's great that you don't have income tax, but you certainly pay the taxes in these other ways. And now in Seattle, they're passing a income tax that's going to be contested in court and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and it's, but it's only for people that make 250,000 or, uh, or above rich people, they say, which I certainly don't make that much money, but that's still horrific. I think. And of course, if that works, it'll come on down and it'll come on down and eventually there'll be income tax and me and everybody else too. That's how that's going to go. Now, I have two choices. I I can fight that. I can study it. I can go to the court. I can write my senator or whatever, or I can just freaking make more money, figure it out, figure out how to take care of myself. Of course, they're going to do that. Of course, they're going to come for my money. So I I w- but I'll do- be better off spending my time focusing on me and what I'm going to do and how to pay my taxes right and how to be effective and deciding where I, you know, whatever it is. But I don't feel like I'm going to change that. that. That's just what they're going to do. I- that's already assumed. So I'm not playing their game. I don't want to waste 200 hours lobbying and showing up at meetings. And that's a waste of my time. It's not uh, pragmatic. I- here's yes and no in some cases. 
but here it's it's all a gamble, okay? And and I'll tell you why I agree and why I don't think that you're by stepping out you're doing a podcast, okay? I used to uh, let me start at the beginning. I used to be the executive director of the Libertarian Party of Indiana. So from 2008 to 2012, I was the sole full-time executive director of Indiana's third largest political party. And my entire job was going around organizing people to get involved in politics and direct action politics. And time and time and time again, I saw people go to their county council meetings or their city council meetings and stop mega projects that would have cost hundreds of millions of dollars because five people showed up and they brought a video camera with them and they were going to document it. And Mm -hmm. the media, the local media is so underfunded that when citizen journalists start getting active and start saying, we're going to expose what you're doing, they run for the hills because most politicians are cowards. Okay. So I, I I would say that, that I would say be open to the idea of direct action politics because I think that in certain cases you will find something that that is uh, that you're passionate about, and that when the time comes you can get involved and you know how to get involved and you've kind of flexed those muscles. I, but I don't think that it's mandatory. I went on then to work at a think tank essentially, and I was the marketing guy for a think tank, and uh, I I saw the the direct action and the policy side of it just didn't really fit. And that's why I started We Are Libertarians and why I continue to do it is because I d- think that it's much better to weaponize this material in, in viral ways through the podcast, through video content, through Facebook posts and feed people information. It's a much better use of my talents and skills mm-hmm. than it is to go out and spend time at a city council meeting, very much like you. You're clearly doing something. You're having somebody on your podcast that, mm-hmm. you know, you're taking a risk. There are going to be people of all political spectrums who are going to go, I'm not going to listen to libertarian. They're losers, whatever. But you're interested in hearing that information and wanting to have that discussion. And that is important. You're feeding your audience with with information just like we do. We are libertarians. Mm-hmm. And so uh, because it, it has, it's been more effective for me. I've created more libertarians and gotten more people active in direct action politics by myself stepping out of that and 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 encouraging people to do it uh with a microphone as opposed to picking up the phone and calling them so so you are active um but i would just say you're mostly right but be be open to the idea of getting involved because Mm -hmm. so few people get involved in their local ordinances and local city yep. council races. I think the local is lo- more important. It, it, I understand it, it that. It absolutely is. You, you have you can more call potential con- for influence there, of course. Let's not pretend that calling your congressman does anything, you know, but they do listen to that stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, libertarians are pragmatic in the way they think about stuff, so I'm with them there. I'm just, I just feel like I'm slightly more pragmatic. It's all like, it, it, they still, I, I, you know, what you said there about showing up with citizen journalists and stuff like that, that can work, but that's not exactly, if I had to t- pick that apart, that's not exactly what I'm talking about because that's exposing corruption. That's great. Go do that. Every f- Feel free. Show up, get the information out. That part we need, uh, good journalism in that realm or whatever. But I'm just saying the active participants, I'm saying if, if everybody took, took the time they put into reading politics, watching CNN, do, talk, discussing policy at high levels or whatever, if you just took that type of all that energy and just put it into production from an economic mm-hmm. standpoint, it would be better for every, everybody that, you know, the tide would rise of the country. We have a system. 
The government is going to manage the crap that they have monopolies and control over. Fine. That's a necessary evil that I'm just going to deal with. But yeah. if but the, us hemming and hawing about it is a waste of time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And listen, a lot of, like, seeing t- television journalism is a joke. Like, if you're watching TV news, you are watching propaganda. Like, if you, if you are, if you are going on CNN and expecting to get that day's news, you're being completely fooled. It's just entertainment. And it know, is entertainment. Empty. That's exactly right. Yeah, and right. you know, so don't fool yourself into thinking you're doing something of any consequence by absorbing right. it and parroting it back. It's a waste of everybody's time. If if you have been posting about Russia nonstop for six months, you are a, a you are a useful idiot. You are not somebody who is spreading good information. You are. You are, uh, you, again, it's just what the communists call a useful idiot. You are somebody who is helping the movement, only the movement happens to be the deep state of the United States that buys into the paradigm that they control us, as opposed to going out and thinking independently for yourself. I mean, there's good journalism going on. There's good news to be had. Uh, but t- TV news is not where that takes place. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, no, I agree. And so in general, I seek, I'll tell you, I'll, t- I'll put another spin on it. I'm kind of pro USA and government. I ain't, I'm not even, mm-hmm. I, I mean, we need them. As far, again, I just consider it a necessary evil. They're going to take 30% or whatever it is they're going to take. That's just, that's just the way it is. It's still better than anything else I'm aware of. And I believe you should support our president when it's Obama, Trump, whatever. I think you should support them. I think they won. I think they win fair and square. I think it is what it is. That is the system. I mean, this is how it goes. So it's, it's not that I'm anti them in some crazy sense. I just think it's a, a distraction from things that actually matter. When I think culture, people, stuff, it, you can really do it. I think the only thing that's important about a president, I know there's, you know, I'm, I'm hype, using hyperbolic language here. If people can't figure that out, whatever. <laughs> but I feel like one of the most important qualities of the president is just his vibe. Obama's my favorite president ever because he was so chill, I would say. And that's right. it. It ends that with me. I think he looked good. I think he made everybody pretty calm. I made everybody feel pretty good. Good job. That's your only job as far as I'm concerned. As far as Trump, not good because it makes us look bad. It makes everybody nervous and top down like an alpha dog that's mentally ill. Now everybody's <laughs> going insane and that's not good for us. So, and Other than that, I hope no president does anything ever. Just look good, give a good speech, smile, make the rest of the world feel like we're okay. Keep our shit stable so we can do our work here. That's all. That's, that's all we need. So a lot of what you just said is kind of where I identify with you and what I was saying about that episode. It was the beginning of the Elevation Church episode on Bad Christian where you kind of talk about how, you know, uh, you just were so close, but there's still an element <laughs> when, you, when you just start dipping, your, when you just, you, like, I'm just going to take half the red pill, okay? I'm just yeah. going to take half of this. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of there, but I want my friends to like me, so I'm going to say that th- we don't want to be anarchists. We want some government. Yeah. I think that we should honor the president. But then, like, you, you then go on to say, all of what I just said was just so you will continue to like me and listen to me and respect me, but I don't believe any of it. You know, and <laughs> so I, I think that That's we funny. do a lot of that in political language is that yeah. we, 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 are, we are so worried about what people you know we want people to like us as you blame them though because i mean golly you say the wrong thing you're you you should get you know attacked Uh, you know you it's crazy it's why trump's going to probably win re-election is that trump 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 has tapped into the authenticity that americans are craving he says whatever he says and it's all horrible stuff it's kind of it's a little bit of a distraction to keep people. The CNN meme, the gift that he tweeted, mm-hmm. was only to keep people from paying attention to the fact that healthcare failed. He 
used the media to turn the discussion from his failure into something that the public doesn't care about, which is his antics, because we yep. know that. That's a known quantity with Trump. And so, you know, you know I, for me to stand up and say... I like Neil Gorsuch. I thought he was a good pick for the Supreme Court. That's about the only thing that I think Trump has done. I think he's done some good things. I think that his lack of focus on foreign affairs is good, but I think his temperament is bad. And like having a a genuine, authentic evaluation of any politician or the political process is oftentimes met with, you know, just this uh, scorn. So we just go... I'm not an anarchist. I don't, I think we just step away. You know, like we, we kind of go to platitudes and we kind of go to cliches as opposed to just saying exactly what we want to say. Which was this what though? I mean, are you, I mean, are you anarchist? Do you think we need to knock the government off or something? No, no, I am what's technically I'm called what's basically a minarchist. So I believe in a constitutional Republic. I believe mm-hmm. in the the constitution that the founder the founders created, uh, a government that allows for the rule of law, that allows um, free markets, that allows um, the protection of the states by not a standing military, but when we when we need a military, we have one. Um, and, and it's a very, very small government. It's a very limited government, and it's very far from what we have now. The United States government looks absolutely nothing like the Constitution as it was intended. So I'm not anti-government. I believe that th- we should have pr- we should have mm-hmm. public courts that force needs to be centralized in some location. I, I like I've had some of the best libertarian minds in the in the world explain private courts to me in an anarchic society, and I don't buy it. I don't get it. I'm sorry. It's just not going to work. But uh, I, I think that when we have a government like we have now, we're dangerously close to a system in, you know, the, like the things that Edward Snowden exposed to what Orwell wrote in 1984. And I sure, think with, no doubt. With, with a major catastrophe, we could very quickly slip into 1984 with some sort of yes, catastrophe, yes, as you talked about earlier. And so I, I do my best to go out and talk to people and, and do things like this to go out and say, hey, you don't have to equivocate. You don't have to like buy into the narrative. You can think differently. You know? and, I, and, and I think that politically, you're going to probably get to a place where you're at spiritually, where you have found the courage to come out and say these mega churches are bad. You're, you know, not, mm-hmm. not bad, but there's problems with these mega churches, you know, that these, what bad Christian has done, I think for a lot of people, for me, especially like I was really struggling uh, a lot. And I don't know if I talked about this earlier or what, but like it, it made me realize like, oh, there are serious problems and kind of everything that I've felt, I haven't been able to articulate and these guys articulated it. And so I think you're going to get to a place where you kind of stop worrying about other people's, um, the, the, the societal, acceptance that we all kind of seek, you're, you're going to get there with politically and you're just going to go, you know, this government sucks. I'm an yeah. American. I love America. I, I'm, I'm going to participate in the process, but I'm going to hate 99% of it and I'm not afraid to say it. Yeah. Well, but it's, it's, it's past the point of reform. So what are, I mean, what's the point? We're not going to fix it, right? Yeah. I just don't see the point. Well, and uh, that, that's the hard part. And that's something that conservatives and libertarians have not done a great job of articulating is how do we start moving backwards? How do we start heading the other way? And that's the scary part is once you get 50% of your population depends on some government paycheck, be it welfare or... Is that true? Yes. So, oh, gosh. 
between soldiers and government bureaucrats and yeah, local yeah, yeah. and city bureaucrats and welfare fit more than half. So once you have over half your population that has a, an, an vested interest and incentive yeah. in keeping oh. the system going, we're, we're kind of what we're, where we're heading. We're not heading towards collapse, in my opinion. We're heading towards a zombie state, sort of like yeah, Japan. Maybe so. Yeah, Japan has has over the last thirty years been a zombie state where they have stagflation and they just kind of limp along without any growth. But that's that's bad because that puts pressure, and it's why you have the the wealthier class maintaining income and the lower class going on welfare, and the middle class is shrinking because the the money supply isn't moving around all the different generations and all the different you know classes yeah so that makes me just think about unintended consequence though so again it's like you don't know where this i mean we just don't you don't know where this is going like maybe mm-hmm. it goes so bad that everybody gets on welfare and then we stumble into some kind of universal basic income and it's good and we didn't know or or we do it and it's the worst thing ever I, who knows i mean my sense is it's stable it's been good quit messing it up Leave it alone. Nobody touch anything. Stop. We'll just ride this out. I mean, it's probably, it's got things have to change. Nothing stays the same. But can't we just try to keep this thing under control here? Just ride it out. Just deal with it. Pay the man his taxes. Let him steal your money. Whatever. It's bad. (laughs) <laughs> but if we rock the boat too much, we might all fall out, I'm afraid. Uh, who, who thought that the, you know, we all hated healthcare and we've talked about reforming healthcare since FDR or Woodrow Wilson or whatever. I think it was actually Teddy Roosevelt who started talking about a nationalized healthcare system. And we, we finally get it and that's worse than what we had before. Now the Republicans are going to make that even worse. It's like, just stop helping. Just you know, stop, not, exactly. Just, just stop. Don't just touch stop. anything. Uh, and, and so we're kind of getting there in in the people that we elect because so many people are stepping outside of the system that you're starting to get the the just these worthless people in in into Congress. You know anybody that watches Nancy Pelosi, you're just like, the, who who on the planet does she represent other than herself? Like just a bizarre right. person. You know, there's nothing authentic about it. Uh, and, and so yeah, the unintended consequences are huge. I mean, you look at something like student debt. That's part of the reason that we are going to. We could end up with a class system very easily because because of yeah, student definitely. debt. Yeah. Because in, in a country that was founded on the lack of a of a class system. You have now, you know, I'm I'm 33, and so I turned 18 two days before 9/11, you mm-hmm. know, and so so my my generation, uh, and I don't know how old you are, 38 next month. All right, so so we're, we're we're similar in similar places, but you know the the kind of the middle to upper millennials went to college and racked up all this debt and then have not really found the jobs that they needed because boomers aren't retiring and they don't have the ability to start businesses to earn mm-hmm. new to create new wealth because they have so much student debt. And so when the government took over uh, the backing of student debt, all these colleges went, "Hey, let's start uh, let's start uh, right. helping people with you know, colleges Absolutely. said uh, government's backing it, raise tuition, let's start building new buildings. And now, you know, it's on the back of $100,000 worth of student debt for a lot of people. Right. And so that what that ends up doing is the people who were wealthy stay wealthy and the people who are lower and middle class never become wealthy because they didn't have the ability or the freedom to start a small business. And so that is a very indirect 
way of stealing wealth from our society because we wanted everybody to have free college. Right. Well, just I just mean unintended consequence all the way around. It's just you can't really even possibly calculate what's going to happen by doing this, eliminating that, changing. I mean, even putting a candidate in you like, you don't know what, I mean, the chain reaction, you just, you just don't really know. But our biggest danger is, the the real danger that we do have as far as government is concerned is a having a disaster, a terrorist attack, a war, a natural disaster, and then, all, you know, all, all that is going to be is a mega tightening of the grip of all the things they control to a whole nother level. It will be loss of liberty. It will be, you know, more taxes. It will be more government control. I mean, and we'll, we will cede it willingly as soon as something mega goes wrong. So there's no well, way around that. Yeah, yeah, that's a look at the Snowden, what Snowden released. And then the discussion isn't about the PRISM program. It's about whether or not Edward Snowden is a traitor to our country. Right. Like the people who in installed PRISM are the traitors to our country because they're betraying our values. And we let them get away with it because we've stopped articulating our values as Americans because we don't have any common values because we're not... We're allowing the siloing of information to take place. We're not engaging with people in our community. And it's just so desperately important that we start talking to each other and having conversations and allowing mm -hmm. other people to disagree with us and having, a you know, like there's things that you've said that you disagree with and probably vice versa on this podcast, but we're going to leave better friends because we had a conversation that connected us, that linked us as opposed to... Mm -hmm. Uh, us going, well, he's an idiot. I'm better than him. And, you know, everything I believe is right. And, you know, fuck that guy. You yeah. know, it, it, it's, and, and that's kind of what we're doing. And so I think the, the answer is personal responsibility. And, and so much of that. Yeah. So much of what, um, like libertarianism to me is so compatible with my Christianity because, you know, Christ could have forced everybody to be a Christian when he came to earth and he could have had a, had a military force as the Jews at the time expected, but he chose to persuade people of his values mm -hmm. and look at the movement that he built. And, and in very much a, the same way, Americans have to start articulating American values to each other and agreeing on basic principles and not letting and finding it, unsuitable when people violate those and and stop voting for these people vote for people that do articulate those values and mm -hmm. and allow people to be persuasive as opposed to using the force of government to win your argument sure sure i you know I, that's where i agree with you is communicating the ideas trying to open people's minds and open your mind and listen to other people about what they what is actually happening with government seems to be a very worthwhile project I just don't. I just think you get lost when you get into actually into it and the minutia of it. But I, I feel like you can. There's a lot to do to communicate how institutions work, how systems work, how people get villainized that are probably uh, well-meaning, and how over-conspiratorial views, you know, make things less believable. Like there's there's a lot of communication to be done and listening. It's not just about me telling people what to do. It's just there's a lot of listening and talking to be done from authentic sources. And I do believe the world will change out of that, not out of policy. And that's that's just kind of where I wind up. Absolutely. I think we have to have a conversation with each other instead of broadcasting to each other. Mm. And and it's just, it's, it's incredibly important at this moment in history that we do that. And we have the freedom to do that. And you know, we don't have this uh, ter this tyrannical government. If that we did, I wouldn't have a podcast studio in my living room that talks mm -hmm. about how much the government sucks. Yeah. You know, so we still have the freedom, and we need to maintain that. Uh, and it's it's just vitally important that we we stop siloing ourselves off. Mm -hmm. I, I totally agree, Chris. Thank you for coming on the show. I want to have you back. Um, 
whenever you want to come back and we'll talk about like more narrow issues. This is a pretty much a groundwork hour we've spent here just to kind of get acquainted. But I'd love to actually objectively look at a topic or an example of something and stick with it for for a whole podcast and you know walk through it and actually in depth on a let's say minimum wage do that for 45 minutes or something absolutely i'd love yeah. to do some stuff like that in in the future i've enjoyed talking to you i'm definitely on your wavelength and i, I like your show i hope that people go check out we are libertarians so thank you i appreciate that and anytime you want me on i'm happy to be here i'm a huge fan of what you guys are doing and and uh, thank you for it all right thank you very much chris all right bye you've been listening to the jabberjaw podcast network jabberjawmedia.com This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of the Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor. And every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food. So come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.